Welcome to the Walk on Red Shirts podcast here, and on this week's episode, we've got week one. It's in the books, guys. Uh, first week of college football is now over. Um, not a ton of notable games, but we'll kind of fly through some results here, uh, talk a little bit about each game, um, at least the major games and stuff like that, what we saw um during those games then we'll also preview another 10 games for week two uh this upcoming week we're getting a little bit better a little bit more notable games on the schedule um i will say one of our pick games of the week um again doing spreads and stuff is Rutgers iowa so we're not quite on the precipice of having these major weeks but we are getting there slowly um but we got to get Rutgers talk in here at least once this this year uh and this seems like the best game to possibly do it as they travel to iowa do we though do we actually have to? We do. We got to applaud them. They scored a lot of points this week. Um, I had actually against UMass, but... And they were losing it, like, those, midway through the second those quarter. Those points still count. I uh, just want to put that out there. Um, just like the points that I needed to beat uh, Aaron in College Fantasy last night. Man, I'll say this first of all before we get to the Notre Dame game. I fell asleep at halftime. Um... And then I woke up and I saw Claypool had the, un, the enough enough points to beat me, and I was like, "Oh, well, that's disappointing." Um, but yeah, you you won. Uh, Jalen Hurts did his best to try and save me. Uh, my team did have a shit week there, but um, very excited this year. My first round pick isn't crap like Khalil Tate was last year, so that's fantastic on my part at least. Um, I played the intern this week, so we'll see how that goes. I feel like that's like a guaranteed victory. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I mean, Khalil Tate versus Tua? Okay. <laughs> Tua is playing New Mexico State. He's not even going to play past the second half of the second quarter. That's he's, fair. He's still going to put up 80 points in that. So mm, yeah, They got other guys that can do stuff. Mm. We'll see. Well, Jalen Hurts is playing, I think, North Dakota or South Dakota, one of the two. He's playing a Dakota school this week. Oh. So that'll be a lot of points. Um. Anyway... Let's kind of get into it, guys. Uh, week one in the books. Uh, not a ton of big news that came out of this past week. Um, I think the biggest thing was that JT Daniels is apparently done for the season. Uh, did I see that it was a torn ACL? Is that correct? And meniscus. And meniscus. Ooh. Well, so the, he's not <laughs> returning this year. That, that is... Uh, I sort of feel for USC fans because that is the worst case scenario on two fronts. A, you're not deep at the quarterback position. Jack Sears entered the transfer portal not long ago. I mean, there is the option for him to come back, I believe. Um, I, th- I think he can pull his name out of there. I don't think he's transferred anywhere yet. Uh, I could be wrong on that. I haven't really kept up with his news. The last a, thing that says is uh, Clay Helton was open to Jack Sears returning to USC. Well, and he was all, I mean, he transferred because he got placed fourth on the depth chart um, right away. Yeah. So it's like your second best quarterback feels disrespected he's caught so now jt daniels is gone for the season you're not deep at that position um i mean you skated by fresno state you have stanford this upcoming week um the biggest issue i see here there's the possibility is there that like this somehow saves clay helton's ass um yeah you can use it as be- a reason why he because didn't yeah win. It's, it's like okay your starting quarterback is now gone the the, the big hope uh, for USC football is now out for the entire season after game one. You don't have anything else there. I mean, there's 
I feel like after his last couple of seasons, it's hard to keep him around. But at the same time, like that's one of those things that like you can just be like, look, I mean, uh, what am I going to do? I lost my quarterback. Uh, my quarterback's gone. I need another year with with a good quarterback to show what I can do. Um, and I know you. That's not what USC fans want to hear. Want to hear? They want help now. I don't blame them. Um, but that. Um, University doesn't have a good track record in recent years of hiring a head coach. Uh, obviously, that's how Helton ended up getting that gig. Uh, so, I don't want to sit here and say that they're going to make the right choice and you know fire him or something like that. But uh, you're definitely risking it, uh, and that kind of sucks for them. I'd hate to be in that position. Um, so, any other big news for this week? Uh, obviously, Tennessee got their butt whooped. Um, Hugh Freeze coach from a hospital bed. Yeah, nobody's better at reinventing their image than Hugh Freeze. I, I mean, this dude, he first people he was, are legit sorry for him at this point. The, he was the head coach for the Blind Side, um, <laughs> and getting over to um, Ole Miss, and then the scandal and stuff, and all the sanctions at Ole Miss, and getting fired from there, uh, and then he turns up at Liberty University of all places. And his very first head coaching game or a game as a head coach, he's coaching from a hospital bed, <laughs> and I, it's incredible. I mean, it's such a football guy move. You have to respect it. Major football guy move. I yeah. I mean, Hugh Freeze is coaching a football game from a hospital bed uh, up in the coach's booth, and our intern is busy going to Jonas Brothers concerts and skipping out on college football. On Saturdays, um, so that. that yeah, you did intern, and we're very yeah, disappointed you in you. That's not a football guy move. Um, so you are not going to be the football guy this week. That's for sure. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know I was in the running for it, but I. I well, you really aren't. But you're like, never I figured, in the running anymore. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you're about on the level that I feel like you're just a step above Paul Feinbaum in my respectability rankings, and that's not far up up the ladder that's good uh, though i like to be above paul that's better which is good is he above or below mark may Ooh, mark may is Ooh. mark may and lou holtz uh god i put them together Ooh, and, <laughs> and they're so far down the list i can't stand either one of them um but outside of that um i mean the sec just i think it's fair to say that the sec is i don't want to say overhyped but their time of being this top tier um, conference just isn't there. I think the Big Ten is better at this point. I think the SEC has two top contenders uh, in Georgia and Alabama. I think they have a few that are on the cusp, LSU, Texas A&M being notables. You could throw Florida in there, I guess. But their bottom is not good. I mean, Missouri was considered, you know, on the brink of being a top 25 team. I know some people had them in the top 25 they travel to Laramie, Wyoming, and lose to the best uniforms in college football. Not the best uniforms in college football. <laughs> they are the best uniforms in college football, though. Um, I mean, you just don't travel to Laramie, Wyoming, and beat the Wyoming Cowboys. I mean, you just don't. Um, so they lose. South Carolina loses uh, to North Carolina, the the rival, the Carolina rivalry there. Uh, Carolina coming off of a 2-9 season, I believe, last year. I think one of their games was canceled by a hurricane. Um Mac Brown's first game coaching in like five, six, seven years, something like that. And I mean, that's not a good look for Muschamp and that whole team. 
On top of that, you have Ole Miss then losing to Memphis. Uh, and Tennessee obviously getting beat by a, a Georgia State team that's 2-10. and 10. I wanted this morning to look up. I know they've only been a school. They've only had a football program for like less than a decade now. I wanted to see what their like career record was because I know it's not. I don't know if they've ever had a uh, bowl season. I think they might have had one. Uh, uh, all-time they, record is thirty and seventy-seven. They did win a bowl game one time. Okay, I thought I saw them playing a bowl game a few years back. It, I, it was they like, beat I, Western Kentucky, and then they also in the two years prior they lost to San Jose State. Oh, okay. Well, they've got at least two bowl, bowl appearances then. Good for them. Um, but, I mean, just embarrassing. I think I put the stat out there that I think, like, they the combined – it didn't count Wyoming, who I think went, like, 6-6 six and six or 6-7 six and seven or 7-6 seven and six last year. I don't remember uh, their final record. But, I mean, the combined win-loss record of all those teams that they – the SEC teams lost to this week – not good. Uh, and I threw Memphis in there just to be kind and kind of uptick that number a little bit on the win side. But, yeah, I mean, that's not good for the SEC. Um, it's not a good look overall. Um, just poor showings all around. Um, I just don't think it's a deep conference like it is anymore. I don't think it's a gauntlet. I think it more so is on one side where you have Alabama, LSU, Mississippi State, Um who also somewhat struggled against Louisiana Lafayette, too. I mean, this it wasn't a good-looking week for the SEC, um, it, just in general. Um, I think maybe one side's a gauntlet, but the, the side with Florida and Tennessee and all them, just not good. Um, so I think the SEC being the top conference out for right now, probably insert the Big Ten into that picture. Um, although they did have Purdue lose to Nevada. Um, so I don't really know what to say on that end. Um, anything you guys have on the SEC before we uh, kind of run down some, some of these games? I was a little surprised that Bama struggled with Duke in the first half. Uh, I definitely thought they'd come out a little bit better. Obviously, the second half and the final score was a totally different you know, monster, but uh, Duke almost made that a game for a second in the first half. Uh, kicked a field goal. They had a couple shots at getting points in the first half, where you know they easily could have been going in, you know, down like 14-10 instead of 14-3. Um, Tennessee losing was my favorite part of the entire weekend. Um, I mean, that's that just was, crazy because like it wasn't like a flute. Like Georgia State beat them on the football yeah, field. I mean, they beat them up. A two and ten Georgia State team from the year prior. I mean. In the Sun Belt, which is probably the weakest conference in all of college, all of major college football, um, I mean that's just embarrassing uh, to lose at home to that. I know you posed the question earlier this week: uh, who's on, whose hot seat uh, is hotter, or whatever, uh, between Willie Taggart and Jeremy Pruitt, and they're both in their second year, and yeah, Pruitt inherited a worse situation, but man, losing at home to Georgia State is so much worse than losing at home to Boise State, although. That Boise State game, if they would have just gotten out, outplayed by them, I probably wouldn't have had that much of an issue with it because I think Boise State's a good program. It's a good team. Um, I know I picked Florida State minus 5.5, and, um, and that ended up being awful. But to just give up all those unanswered points in the second half, not score anything, uh, and to just get completely outplayed, uh, not training and stuff like that for the humidity, I that mean, you're was in Florida. Hilarious. You're in Florida. You're playing a team they from freaking Idaho. They live there every day. 
Like, you're playing a bunch of potato farmers, and <laughs> you can't even you can't even beat them. You lose out on the humidity. I just don't understand that, um, and that looks awful on Willie Taggart. I still have to go with Jeremy Pruitt because that is just an awful loss. Um, and I mean, Florida State isn't too far removed from a championship, but still, I mean, uh, both of them are on pretty steaming seats and I'm just hoping Willie Taggart lasts at least until the Miami game um, I'd like to get at least a second game against him in before they eventually fire him which I anticipate them doing if they don't turn around and win like 9 or 10 games this year um, the only other thing I have is I am a Bo Nix fan Same. yeah he's going to be good I talked to some people that were like oh well you could tell he's you could tell he's a freshman like he's you know they're not going to stand a chance against Alabama later in the season look he's got a full season until he plays Alabama they have Bama at home he looks good and he I mean they had Gus Malzahn on college game day and he said that you know for for Bo Nix the you know the moment's never going to be too big for him and it showed at the end I mean he made some big balls throws that I mean, you'll see a lot of college programs won't allow a fourth-year senior to, to to attempt those passes. Uh, and Malzahn loved it, and he uh, had him march him right down the field, uh, had designed plays for him to throw it deeper. Um, I mean, he wasn't – the first half was a little shaky. I mean, Oregon found out that, you know, if we blitz him, like he's, uh, you know, going to miss a lot of passes. And he'll grow on that uh, for sure. But – Kid's got speed. He's got elusiveness. Uh, I think Auburn's going to be good this year with him uh, and a pretty good defense to help him out, too. So uh, I I think Auburn's going to be in for a good season. And if he develops throughout the season and gets better and better, Auburn-Alabama game is going to be sure as hell interesting, that's for sure. From what I watched from him, I I liked his decision-making, too. I thought he was was pretty smart. I mean, obviously he had to get out of the pocket a lot, but I thought, like, his decision making on throwing the ball away and like where he was getting rid of it too, he wasn't making those like inexperienced freshman mistakes in that aspect. I thought he his decision making looked a lot better than a, a true freshman level. Yeah, I mean he yeah he definitely looked light years ahead of like where you see a lot of these freshman quarterbacks. And same for the Boise State quarterback uh, Hank Bachmeyer, I believe his name is. Yep. To be down as as many points as he is on what was supposed to be, you know, air quotes and neutral site game and then turn around and, you know, lead a comeback in the second half on the road and in, you know, Dope Campbell Stadium and stuff like that at Florida State. Um, It's still impressive. Uh, I'll give them that. So definitely a lot of good showings from new quarterbacks this this past weekend. Um, So a lot to look forward to season. Um, And as I had mentioned earlier, I mean – you look at Fields, you look at Hurts. Um, I know there was a lot of question marks between the two of them going in, and both of them probably have the biggest weeks of anybody um, out there, along with Jonathan Taylor. We're gearing up for maybe one of the best Heisman races of all time. If all of these guys can, can stay healthy, you have Tua. I mean, Trevor Lawrence was the favorite going in, but he had a rough week um, playing Georgia Tech, and we'll get into that in a little bit. Um, Tua had a good week uh, once once the gears started rolling for Alabama. Um and then Fields and Hurts definitely threw their, themselves in the discussion. They both have to play, are going to have to play better defenses. I know, you know, Big Ten doesn't have, or Big 12 doesn't have defenses. Um, 
but they're still better defenses than what Houston's bringing to the table. So um, both of those guys will have to play better defenses, but against what they you know were given on the schedule, both of them balled out this week. Uh, weekend and Jonathan Taylor uh, looked incredible. Um, he's he's looking to break up that quarterback party in New York. Um, so this certainly could be a year where we're looking at you know five finalists going there. Um, all of them look good. I hope all of them can stay healthy because I think this is going to be an exciting race going down the stretch if that's possible. And Travis Etienne as well. I I shouldn't throw him out of there because uh, he was a big reason why they ended up beating Georgia Tech. ETN balled out this past weekend. Yeah, I mean, he, I hate to say saved because Clemson, you know, covered. Um, they won pretty big. But, um, I mean, he was a large reason of that. Uh, you know, Lauren struggled a little bit. It seemed like he was trying to force things. Um, ETN just naturally, you know, doing it on the ground. Um, so a big game from them. Um, run down here a little bit of the ACC. We had Notre Dame beat Louisville. Uh, on Monday night, um, Notre Dame. This reaffirms my dislike for Notre Dame. I bet them minus 19. I forget what we had the line on here for the pick'em last week. Bet them minus 19, and of course they win by 18 points. Um, so it reaffirms my dislike of Notre Dame. Can't even win by the amount I need. Um, on top of that, obviously Clemson beating Georgia Tech. Uh, Clemson also covered that game kind of late um, in that. I one. was almost right. You were close. You were, like, <laughs> if it I, wasn't I was for very... a 52-yard field goal. <laughs> um, Clemson ends up covering there. They get right back on it. Trevor Lawrence has a bad game, and, of course, everybody's coming out of the woodworks. You know, uh, I heard somebody else say this on another podcast I was listening to, but like, Clemson is like that one team that like, you know, Alabama everybody kind of respects, even if you hate them. Like, you understand they're going to be good. Clemson is, is the defending national champion, and even they win fifty-two to fourteen, and people are still like, "Wow, Clemson's not that good." See, I, you, you know the saying, you know, great teams cover, and they covered against Georgia Tech, um, a pretty big point spread, and we'll get into their point spread against Texas A&M this week, which is, I can't believe how big that point spread is. Um, in other ACC games, we had Utah State and Wake Forest in what might have been the most fun game of the week. Um, unfortunately, nobody saw it because it was on the ACC network. Um, I did find a live stream of it. Uh, I have to, you know, unfortunately, illegally stream it because Comcast doesn't want to carry the ACC network. Which is just ridiculous. Um, Absolutely ridiculous. It's so stupid. Both teams went for almost 600 yards of total offense in that game. Wake Forest ended up winning 35 or 38-35. Um, they had a 70-yard touch, or uh, a 70-yard pass, to set up a quick touchdown to their number one wide receiver is now a converted, converted from quarterback. Of um, course, why not? And um, yeah, I mean Jordan Love played in this game. He had three touchdowns, three interceptions, passed for 416 yards, um, 69% completion percentage, nice. Um, and he's one of those big, like, I finally got to actually see him. I didn't get to see him at all last year. I kind of wanted to see what the hype was about. Made some bad throws. Made some really good throws, though, as well. I could certainly see why people think that he could be, like, an early second-round quarterback um, taken next year. And a great game from Jamie Newman, the Wake Forest quarterback, who I think is going to lead them to some big games. He's going to have to ball out throughout the season. Um, but 34-47, 401 yards, three touchdowns through the year. Um uh, 
so that was a pretty fun game to watch. Unfortunately, again, nobody saw it. Uh, NC State beating East Carolina 34-6. to um, We mentioned the Florida State game. Again, just, a, just an awful loss for Florida State. Um, my, not favorite part was when, uh, my favorite part was when Boise fumbled and three Florida State guys tried to fall on it and scoop it, and none of them were able to pick it up, and Boise got the ball back. You know we're in college football season now because <laughs> I feel like I saw like 10 different instances of like a fumble and then the guys that should have picked it up didn't and somebody that wasn't even close to the play ends up just getting the ball because nobody can pick up the fumble the boys dude came um, out of the screen and got the ball and there were like four florida state dudes in the frame yeah i mean like i said that one you know it's it's a bad loss not because of who they played but how they ended up giving that game away um especially at home um so then on top of that we have we mentioned South Carolina losing to North Carolina. Big first game for Mac Brown. North Carolina uh, plays Miami next week. Um, Jake Bentley breaks his foot after the game by apparently kicking a locker. Well, that's probably good for South Carolina fans because I the, a lot of them do not like Jake Bentley. I saw people burning South Carolina jerseys. Um, I don't root for anybody to be injured. That is unfortunate for him. Uh, me, I don't know who else is on South Carolina's depth chart. To be honest with you, I don't. Pay They're going to start attention. freshman Ryan Helsinki. It's the brother oh. of the former Washington State quarterback. I forgot that. Uh, I forgot that he ended up going to South Carolina. Um, so he was named starter, and uh, Bentley's out at least six weeks, um, and. I think this is a chance where Helsinki could essentially, you know, become the starter because that's a long time. If you see him progress, Bentley may not get that job back. Yeah, I mean Bentley. Uh, if I mean again, North Carolina went two and nine last year. I know most of their losses, I think, after the Miami game, were by like a touchdown or less, uh, maybe ten points or less. I forget the stat. Um, so they were in a lot of close games last year. They're not an awful team. But this was definitely a game where South Carolina was definitely favored to win this um, and just kind of blew it. I mean, Bentley wasn't that good in the game. It's unfortunate for them. Um, North Carolina, again, plays Miami this week, um, which should be more interesting now that it looks like North Carolina is somewhat good. Mac Brown had that very dumb decision to <laughs> just kneel the ball on fourth down at the very end of the game, setting up South Carolina in perfect position for like a Hail Mary um, or at least a quick out to try and get a field goal, um, guys in field goal position, which to me shows that Mac Brown, that is clearly a sign of coaching rust. Why you, I, I get like the Michigan State Michigan game from a few years back, but like. Why are you just why are you just kneeling the ball there? Uh, I mean, you're literally just giving the ball right in uh, at like the 50 yard line or close to it. Um, and then obviously Bentley comes back out and throws another interception to cost South Carolina a chance. Um, so bad game there for South Carolina. Uh, we mentioned uh, already Alabama beating Duke 42 to three. Again, good teams, great teams cover. Um, won't really touch more on that. Boston College uh, and early ACC play beating Virginia Tech. I didn't understand the line for this game. Virginia Tech was the favorite by like three and a half, I think. I ended up putting money on the Boston College money line because A, they were the home team. B, I think their situation is better with Anthony Brown at quarterback and A.J. Dillon at running back than Virginia Tech is. Um, And I think their defense is a tad better. I know this is Bud Foster's last season, so everybody thinks that Virginia Tech's going to have some amazing defense. 
I don't think it's going to be terribly different from what we saw last season when they, you know, gave up 40-some points to Old Dominion and stuff. I, I just don't. Um, so that one was kind of strange to me. The rematch of Virginia Tech and Old Dominion is this weekend. That's very true. Um, this one, I think, is at Virginia Tech. Last year's was Old Dominion. I believe so. Um, we mentioned Hugh Freeze, obviously. Uh, coaching from hospital bed doesn't help your team score offensive points, apparently, because Liberty put up a big zero spot. Um, Syracuse's offense didn't look great, though. Um, their defense does look really good, um, so that'll definitely have to carry them at least through the first couple weeks as Tommy DeVito kind of finds his footing. Um, he did get playing time last year, so it's not like he's brand new to this. Um, and then another ACC play, Virginia beat Pittsburgh. Um, Virginia, obviously, as everyone wants to keep telling me, is the favorite in the ACC Coastal. Um, and it's a good win against the Pittsburgh team that I, you know, went to the ACC title game last year and won the Coastal. Um, but Pitt's not that good of a team, so I'm not really looking at this as some major victory um, for them. Uh, and I know um, people will continue to call me a Virginia hater, but I just, I don't know. I don't think they're as good as some people think they are. Um, anything else you guys want to touch on the ACC before I kick us over to the Big 12? I got nothing. Um, ACC, obviously, it's top one and everybody else. All right, um, Big 12 time. Get started here. Oklahoma State beating Oregon State um, in a battle of the orange and black OSUs. Um, 52-36 was the final score, and the big takeaway here is Chuba Hubbard is a grown-ass man. Um, 26 attempts, 221 yards, three touchdowns. Oregon State's offense looks a little better than it was last year, but their defense is still Swiss cheese, it appears to be. Um, I was a little more impressed with Oregon State this year. Um, I think they're going to give some teams in the Pac-12 a fit. I mean, I, I don't think there's enough like super strong teams in the Pac-12 where I think Oregon State can definitely slip in there and upset a team or two um, for sure. Um, they were a little bit stronger than, than they've seen, but I mean... I could see them giving any of the teams really on their schedule a fit. I mean, they have home games against Stanford and Utah, home game against Washington. Um, so many of the harder games on their schedule, they at least get at home. So, you know, Corvallis at night uh, is always a tricky place to play. Um, so uh, we'll see. But I agree with you on that front. Um, also, we got Les Miles getting his first victory at Kansas over Indiana State. Um, the big notable thing out of that game is they have a defensive player with the last name Defense. Defense, uh, and he had a pick that, six in the game. Um, so just that's it's appropriate. Perfect. I mean, it's perfect. That's the perfect kind of guy Kansas needs. Like they need guys with really good ironic names, uh, and then people will pay more attention to them. I think that that helps in some. Kansas aspects. also almost lost to Indiana State. They had a score with two minutes left in the game to take the lead. <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, Kansas isn't. Is they might have less miles as the head coach, but they're still pretty void of talent on that roster. So um, it's going to be a little while before we think they're very good. Um, the one I know, <laughs> I know, uh, Jake, you probably want to talk about it more than I do. Iowa State and uh, Northern Ill or Northern Iowa, not Northern Illinois, go to. Th- Triple overtime. Uh, Iowa State pulls it out 29-26. Yeah, were you sweating there for a little bit, Aaron? Boy, 
<laughs> when I, I wasn't watching this game until the second half, I looked at, like, I was like, oh, what else is on? Like, you know, Ohio State was a blowout at this point. Like, there wasn't really anything interesting. I looked at the score, and I was like, what the hell? And then I saw they had the uh, the fumble return for a touchdown, and I was just like, oh, God. I was like, they're losing Northern Iowa. And now, granted, Northern Iowa, I think, has like five or six wins since 2000 against uh, FBS opponents, um, I saw. However, like three or four of them were against Iowa State. So historically, they are pretty tough against Iowa State. Didn't think that would be this year. I was certainly sweating. Iowa State, the last few years, has been slow to start. I believe that Iowa-Iowa State game was like 10-3 to last year in one of the early weeks. Um, still, this is a top 25 program right now. Struggling with an FCS opponent from in-state. So... That's not great. I don't like to see that. They did outplay Northern Iowa uh, a good bit outside of that fumble return. They outgained them by 200 yards. Um, they they played really well overall. I, they just, without David Montgomery and Hakeem Butler, they struggled a little bit. Um, Brock Purdy play, made like the play of the week. Um, running Saving from, like, his team. He did what uh, Florida State should have done. Yeah, I mean, what, jumping on a loose ball? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, I was, like, when I saw him fumble in real time, and then I saw him jump on it, I was like, oh, my God. I was like, he was, like, 10 yards away from that football and somehow got there before the three defenders who were standing right by it, um, which saved the season because, I mean, losing to North Iowa doesn't really affect my Big 12 championship prediction of them going there, but, I mean, that definitely hurts a lot in the season with respectability. I think they'll build off that and get a little bit better as the season progresses, but uh, they're definitely going to, they definitely showed signs of missing out on um, those big players. Um, I got to pull up his name, but there was a wide receiver for him that was super impressive. Um, I forget his last name. It doesn't say it, but last name Jones. Um, 14 catches, 126 yards. He had almost half of the Shante Jones. That's his name. Um, had almost half of Brock Purdy's um, completions. Completed 30 of 41 there, um, two touchdowns. So, yeah, I mean, it's going to be a little tough. They have a bye week, and then they face Iowa um, at home. So, hopefully they can right the ship on offense. The defense looks really good. Um, Yes, again, it was an FCS opponent, but still, defense did look very impressive for most of that game. Um, on top of that, Western Virgi- or West Virginia struggled a little bit with James Madison. Um, kind of first saw that happening. I know the spread for that game was under 10. Um, so things at West Virginia, at least they pulled out of the victory, but not good. Probably want to beat up on James Madison a little bit more. Texas Tech comes away with a 45-10 victory over Montana State. Baylor 56-17 over Stephen F. Austin. Kansas State over Nichols State. Uh, TCU Arc Pine Bluff. This was my Vegas doesn't know what the hell is going on line of the week. Very rarely is that a thing. The line for this game, and I knew nothing about Arkansas Pine Bluff, but the line was ten. Uh, TCU minus fifty two. Oh my god! The last time I saw TCU, they were playing in the Cheez It Bowl, and it was an <laughs> offensive nightmare. It was um, a, it was offensive to watch. 
And I was just like, 52 points for T- TCU's not beating this team 52 nothing. I was like, I can tell you that now. Their defense might hold them. But I was like, there's no chance TCU's scoring 50-plus points in this game. Not offensively. Um, and as soon as I saw that, I, I hammered Arkansas, Arkansas Pine Bluff. And TCU ended up winning 39-7. But I was just like, I that was the one where I was just like, I don't know what Vegas is talking about. This feels like easy money because TCU doesn't have an offense. Penn State Idaho wasn't even a fifty-two point spread. That was thirty-nine. Oh, uh, I don't know. Penn State's was at almost fifty when I checked on was Saturday it? morning. Yeah, um, yeah, because they're uh, like I bet through the Fanduel um, sportsbook and. They had like a special thing that was like, you know, if you want to bet on the Penn State game 50 or whatever, it's uh, like they'll do like a special, like get your money back or, you know, double your money thing. Um, so, yeah, that was almost around 50, I believe. Um, Texas, Louisiana Tech. Texas comes away with a 45 14 victory. They looked rather impressive. And then Oklahoma Houston. Um, again, Jalen Hurts looked incredible in that game. Um, Again, I want to see him play a better defense. Houston is rather Swiss cheese. Their defense still needs some work. Um, Houston was getting some big chunk plays throughout the middle of that game. Um, So that's still a little bit of a problem. I think Alex Torrance, again, one of my favorite hires this past offseason in terms of coaching changes. I think he'll get things better there. There is talent on that defensive side of the ball. But... It's going to take a few weeks, um, and and they struggled a bit on that side. But, again, that offense just doesn't miss a beat no matter who's the quarterback. I mean, Lincoln Riley is an offensive genius, um, and Oklahoma needs to lock him down. Uh, long term, um, they need to put in some sort of mega buyout for somebody. Um, again, I guess that wouldn't matter if he went to the NFL. Because, um, you know, some... They need that Gus Malzahn buyout. I mean, even if it is that buyout, I mean, if, you know, I everybody wants to say the Cowboys, but as long as the Cowboys are making the playoffs, Jason Garrett's going to be there forever. Um, but, like, Jerry Jones, he'll, he'd, that dude would spend $100 million on a buyout if it meant getting the coach he wants. I mean, let's be honest. Um, so, I don't know. That's, uh, that's that side of things. I'll be interested to see how Jalen Hurts moves forward. Again, he plays one of the Dakota schools, but it's not North Dakota State. One of the other ones. Um, so we'll end up seeing in a few weeks, I guess, when he actually plays a good team. How he does there. Let's move on to the Big Ten. Um, obviously, Wisconsin, again, just destroyed South Florida. Uh, a bit of a disappointing showing from South Florida. I thought they'd be a little better. I mentioned this yesterday. I think one of the big takeaways I had from this past weekend is uh, all the talk about Nebraska, everyone's sort of sleeping on Wisconsin in in the Big Ten West. I think this showed that Wisconsin's got to be the favorite out there right now. I mean, they defensively shut down South Florida. They didn't allow them to do anything. Jonathan Taylor looked great. Jack Cohn's going to have to get a little bit better. He, made, he didn't look great uh, throwing the ball for most of that game. But 49-0 on the road against South Florida in Week 1, very impressive. Very big statement game for that whole team. Um, and speaking of the Big Ten West, uh, I mean, it doesn't count against them because it's not in conference. Purdue losing to Nevada on a last-second field goal to a freshman kicker. 
for 56 yards, that's a bad beat. Uh, I mean, it's a bad loss right there. Um, but again, doesn't count against them. On top of that, we have Nebraska struggling with South Alabama for most of that game. Um, couldn't quite put them away. Uh, they ended up taking a big lead there in the second half and then kind of blowing it a little bit. Um, Maryland looks super impressive. Again, they they played Howard. I don't want to read too much into it, but they looked good. Um, so that's good for them. Uh, Illinois looked good against Akron. Indiana comes away with a win against Ball State. Penn State, not going to sit here and talk about them very much, but obviously they, they, they beat up Idaho pretty good. Again, the only team to ever demote themselves. Um, Northwestern with the, the bad beat of the week gambling-wise. Uh, <laughs> you guys both took North, Northwestern plus 6.5. Northwestern fumbling into the end zone for a Stanford touchdown there at the very end. That was, that was a bad one for you guys. Um... Uh, so, yeah, I mean, that's uh, most of the Big Ten. Uh, there's not a lot else to talk about. Michigan, offense looked okay. Defense didn't look great for most of that game. Uh, and I'll just let you guys talk about Ohio State because I didn't watch any of that game outside of the highlights. This actually comes from our one question that uh, we got this week. Um, again, if anybody ever wants to send us questions, feel free to send them whenever uh, at Walk on Red Shirts on Twitter. Um, but actually came from a Michigan fan, surprisingly, uh, at GoBlue underscore TV said, do you think Ohio State held up its – do you think Ohio State held up an offense or do you think they legitimately had issues in the second, third, and fourth with adjustments by FAU's defense? In turn, I'll let you start on this. Well, <clears throat> first quarter they looked incredible. I, the first eight minutes. I, yeah. I thought they were about to put up 100 points in this game. Um, but – after Florida Atlantic made some adjustments, Ohio State really couldn't move the ball. Like, we scored zero points in the second quarter. Uh, we, we couldn't move the ball. We couldn't really do anything. Um, our defense looked great, but offensively, um, we just, there was nothing happening. Like, it, I don't know how many three and outs there were, but it felt like every play during the, uh, the second quarter was just three and out, three and out, three and out. It it was terrible to watch. But then we kind of got it moving again, um, and I think I think we'll be fine. I think it just like once Florida Atlantic actually decided to play some defense, then we we struggled a little bit adjusting to that. But I think we made good adjustments, and going forward, I think we'll be all right. Yeah, the first quarter obviously looked really good for the first eight minutes or whatnot, putting 24 points up in, or 28 points up in the first four possessions. None of the drives lasting more than like two or so minutes and stopping Florida Atlantic on three and out each time. Florida Atlantic didn't have positive yards till I think their first drive in the third quarter, uh, which is good to see from the defense at least. Uh, but I think there was some cause for concern in the second quarter. Um, Justin Fields, like, Three of his five touchdowns were pretty much gimmies. Uh, the first touchdown where he ran it, you know, it was the right read, and then he had one guy to beat, so I give him credit for making the right read. But the fact that he ran 51 yards, it didn't matter if he was going four yards or 94 yards. That was going to be a touchdown either way. Um, Florida Atlanta just didn't cover that well. Uh, he had three, two touchdowns. One was a wide-open 
tight end right down the middle, and the other was a uh, wide receiver on a blown coverage standing in the end zone who could have ate his entire lunch and still not have been covered. <laughs> could have read Moby Dick in the end zone. Exactly. He had all day, so if he missed that throw, it would have been more concerned than, wow, he hit the wide-open receiver. That was sort of my point. Um, like I was like, you know, obviously props to Fields for you know at least seeing that these guys are wide open. Uh, like when I saw, like I only saw the highlights for the game, but when I saw those touchdowns, I was just like, "There's not a Florida Atlanta guy within 30 yards of these guys." Like I was like, "I'm gonna tone it down a bit." I mean, he found the right guys. Props to him there. But I was like, eh, I was like, some of those touchdowns were just like were sort of gimme. So um, still impressive nonetheless. But still, two of them were a little bit more effort because. Um, he had, well, he hit the one. Chris Olave hit in stride in the end zone, so he hit him in the right spot where, um, you know, the defender didn't have a chance. And the other one, they put three tight ends in, and two of them went out for pass. One of them stayed in to block as a fullback, essentially. Uh, and he had pressure in his face and was able to make a nice throw over the top of the defenders and landed in the tight end's arms. Um, so I will give him credit on that one. Uh, but like I said, three of the five, you know, they were pretty easy. This week we'll obviously have much more, um, you know, much more competition and much more to prepare for with Cincinnati as they will for sure have a better defense. The other thing I noticed was the run game wasn't super successful. Like aside from um, Justin Fields' 51-yard run, like it didn't seem like we were really moving the ball on offense in the running game um, throughout most of the game, especially when we struggled in the second quarter. Like, we, there was just nothing. Um, so I think that's something that, that the Buckeyes also need to improve on. Yeah, I didn't need to watch the game to know that because I think J.K. Dobbins got me, like, 10 points max, I think. Uh, I don't yeah, he had 91 exactly. yards and a touchdown Yeah, uh, on 21 okay. carries. Yeah, so that could have been a little bit better, but yeah. All right, any other uh, takeaways from the Big Ten you guys got? Nope. Um, nothing. I have uh, the Big Ten's gonna be interesting this year. I mean, there's definitely some teams that can put points up. Uh, apparently, there's Michigan fans out there calling for Dylan McCaffrey to start over Shea Patterson. Oof, I'm here for interesting. it. Interesting. <laughs> uh, I mean, maybe. if you're going to, you gotta make. I feel like you gotta make the switch earlier in the season. Uh, I, while you're playing these sort of lesser teams, I think putting them in the middle of the season against teams like Michigan State um, later in the season, closer to the Ohio State game, might not be great. I mean, I think if if that's where you want to go with it, I think. And your end game being the college football playoffs, Big Ten championship, I think you got to look at that. The earlier, the better. Um, I think a mid-season switch probably is not going to be great. Uh, but what do I know? I'm not Jim Harbaugh. They should bring back John Cream Corn. No, <laughs> we don't talk about O'Corn on this podcast. Okay? This is an anti-John O'Corn podcast. Don't worry. We want him to come back so we can talk about how bad he is some more. Oh, God, no. That's the only reason. <laughs> um, all right, well, if that's all you guys got for the Big Ten, why don't we hop into the Pac-12? Um, this conference, UCLA, not good, man. Not good. Uh, Dorian Thompson-Robinson looked awful in this game on Thursday night. Since he's, His stat yeah, line looked like a date. Yeah, I mean, 
Cincy's defense ate him for lunch. Uh, it wasn't pretty. Um, Cincy comes away with a big key win against uh, a Power 5 opponent. Uh, outside of that, Utah takes care of BYU in the Holy War. Uh, Colorado ran it up on Colorado State, which was kind of surprising. Um, we talked about Oklahoma State and Oregon State already. Jacob Eason looked really good for Washington. Granted, it's against Eastern Washington, who has lately been one of the top FCS programs and not anything really to, you know, be too negative on them, but still looks very impressive for them. That's a good sign for Washington moving forward. Uh, we mentioned the Stanford game, which I don't remember if it, I, KJ Costello took that awful hit to the head. Um, not He's sure. questionable this week. Yeah, I don't necessarily expect him to play. I don't think Vegas does either. USC was favored by three and a half with out JT Daniels, which that kind of confused me, but um, if Costello is not able to go, I guess it's a bit of a more even line there. Um, back to Northwestern, though, I just want to make like, Hunter Johnson did not look good. I know there was a we talked about it a lot. He, he got did replaced. not live up to my expectations. He got replaced by Trent Greenson, who then got injured. Uh, he also took a pretty bad hit. Johnson came in and ended up getting a touchdown later in the game. Um, to help Northwestern get back into the game, uh, but ultimately did not look as good as as some folks hyped him up to be. Uh, he was six of seventeen in that game um, with two interceptions, like just not good. Also um, looks like a date. Yeah, it does. Uh, California sneaks by uh, California Davis, Auburn and Oregon. I mean, Oregon had this game won. Auburn. Played them physically the whole game, and it wore Oregon down quite a bit. Uh, I know Mario Cristobal wants to make Oregon a more physical team. And it shows that they're not quite there yet, especially on the defensive side of the ball. They did a really good job of getting after Bo Nix through most of that game. A lot of pressure on him. Great call on that end. Herbert looked okay at times. Um... But as Auburn started to get more pressure on him, uh, he kind of faded a bit. He overthrew the Hail Mary by 30 yards, so at least he's got arm strength, I guess. Um, He'll at least look good in shorts when the the combine comes around. Um, But on top of that, I I mean, I'm bummed. Uh, We all took Oregon plus 3.5, which didn't even cover. I mean, Auburn getting that touchdown at the end kind of screwed us on that end. Um but, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of disappointed in Oregon. They had that game. They were leading pretty much the whole way through it. Um, they look like the better team, uh, and they look like a fun team. I mean, they had um, a future first-round quarterback. They have a, a lot of that classic Oregon speed. I mean, they were kind of all over the place, both sides of the ball, for the, at least the early part of that game. Auburn kind of stifled them offensively as the game progressed, and I think that kind of hurt Oregon a bit. Uh, and then they also have a really a, a bulldozer offensive line, which kind of got worn down uh, against that Auburn pass rush. Um, they just Auburn just played them better. They played them smarter. They kind of rope a doped them. It seemed, um, and then Bo Nix again, not not too big for the spotlight. Um, so so good for him. Uh, that's a bad loss for Oregon. Uh, they had it. Um, no two ways about that. Could have made a statement, uh, and, and they ended up screwing that up. Washington State uh, tears through New Mexico State 58-7. Here's my question about that. 
New Mexico State now has to play Alabama. Do you think they score more or less than 58 points against New Mexico State? More. It has to be more. I I feel like we say it has to be, but, like, at the same time, I don't think it does because, like, Saban will pull all the starters, like, early in the second quarter or something if it's already out of hand. Um, whereas Washington State, I don't think Mike Leach cares. Like, he's just going to play his guys. Um Speaking of Mike Leach, we need to, after you're done with this, we need to read a tweet from him from last night. Um, is it about him going to do Area 51? No. He should do actually that. actually might even better than that. Well, go ahead. I'll let you talk about that before we get to USC. So, Mike Leach tweeted at 1.22 local time, so 4.22 Eastern Standard Time. One thing I learned in law school, never pick up mouse turds. When there are elephant turds following, falling everywhere, focus on what's important. I might try to remind myself of this. What an incredible human being. <laughs> I, I love him so much. He's a gift to mankind. Uh, <laughs> National treasure for sure. He is. I can't wait until that Washington State hard knocks type thing comes out on HBO. I will, I will eat that up. Um, uh, like, <laughs> I, I mean, I'm a hog for that. Like, just all the Mike Leach content you got, I want to watch it. He's incredible. Um, uh, let's travel to the SEC, I guess. Um, Texas A&M ends up beating Texas State 41-7. Ole Miss Memphis. This, the over in this game, I hammered it. I thought for sure this game was going to go for over 60. 15 to 10. That's such a disappointing uh, line for that. Ole Miss, again, taking an L to a group of five school. Not great, although Memphis is a pretty good program. Mississippi State struggled a decent bit with Louisiana throughout the course of that game. Not a good look for them. Um, Kentucky struggled a bit with Toledo as well through the course of that game. Tennessee loses to Georgia State in what's probably going to be the upset of the year. Um, Even if Tennessee's not good, that's still a huge loss. Um, we mentioned South Carolina losing already. We mentioned Alabama winning. Uh, Arkansas sneaks past Portland State. That's also not a good look for the SEC. Um, Missouri travels to Wyoming. You just you don't go up to Laramie and beat the best uniforms in college football. I already mentioned it. Uh, <laughs> Georgia beating Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt. Georgia covering late because they just decided to kick a field goal late in the game. <laughs> great, Why not? great call by Kirby Smart. Um... <laughs> uh, and then LSU, it's Georgia Southern, but their offense looked good. Joe Burrow looked improved on where he was last year. Go, um, Joe. And that's a great sign for them going into the Texas game. That'll be a very interesting matchup this upcoming week, and we'll talk about that in a second. Um, before we kind of get into the next week's games, anything you guys want to touch on on either the Pac-12 or the SEC that we haven't already? No, uh, I think USC is going to be in some big trouble, though, especially with JT Daniels going down. Uh, and I know we talked about this two weeks ago when Arizona played, but Arizona sucks. Yeah, I mean, Arizona is not not very good. I'll, I'll give you that. All right. Uh, why don't we get into this week's games, our 10-game slate. Uh, we'll start with the one you didn't want to pick. Um, Rutgers at Iowa. Iowa is a 20-point favorite. I actually forgot to write down the new rankings since the rankings came out a day late this week because Notre Dame just had to play on a Monday. 
but Rutgers travels to Iowa. Iowa, 20-point favorite at home. This game is at 12 o'clock on Fox Sports 1. This is an interesting line because I don't know if there's going to be many games in the Big Ten that you're going to find Rutgers under a three-touchdown underdog. But here we go. Um, so, Jake, what do you got for Rutgers, Iowa? Uh, anything? Rutgers is going to get manhandled by Iowa. And Iowa's going to cover. It's in Kinnick. There's no chance that Rutgers makes this even the last, like the slightest beat interesting. All right, intern Gibble, what do you got for this game? Yeah, I, Rutgers is just so bad. I think at any time that the spread is against Rutgers, I'm picking against Rutgers. So Iowa is going to cover. That's fair. Uh, <laughs> it's a tricky one. I pose this question. Um, it's the 150th anniversary of the first college football game. Obviously, Rutgers beating Princeton 6-4. to four. And they haven't won a game since. <laughs> now, now, they had that one really good season. Um, but 150 years of college football, does Rutgers score at least 150 points this season? They scored 48 this past week against UMass, so they only have to score like 102 more points in 11 games. What do you guys think? Do you think they hit that, or do you think they're under 150 points for the season? I didn't see what they scored last year, so I'm not entirely sure where that stands. That's... I'm curious on this now. 150 points for the whole season? Yeah. Ooh. It feels easy, especially getting to 48, but they... I mean, outside of Liberty, I don't think they play anybody that's not at least decent. <laughs> I, I remember like they, they play in the same division as like Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan, these schools. So um, that's saying they're scoring under ten points in every game. Just about, but I mean, there's games on here I could see them. Uh, I'll have to pull up their schedule. But, like, against Michigan, against Ohio State, against Penn State, I could see him not scoring any points in those games. I mean, that's the, the, we're talking about Rutgers here. So they play Iowa this week, Boston College, who's got a decent defense, Michigan, Maryland, Indiana, Minnesota, Liberty, Illinois, Ohio State, Michigan State, Penn State. There's a chance in those last three weeks of the season they don't score a single point. I mean, I don't think it's unrealistic to say that, that – Last year, though, the only time... So, they scored three points in one game, and that was at Ohio State. Uh, They had three other games where they only scored seven. Uh, That was at Maryland, uh, home against Michigan, and home against Penn State. The rest of them, they at least scored double digits. And they also played Michigan State, Wisconsin, Northwestern, Illinois, Indiana. Uh, I... I feel like they can score a hundred points. If they had, if they had only scored like ten points against UMass, this would be different. But I think since they're already at forty-eight, I can see them scoring one hundred and fifty total in the season. That's fair. Do you think that they get that one hundred and two this week against Iowa? Absolutely not. Okay. So they scored one hundred and sixty-two last year total. Wow. 216 two years ago, 188 in 2016, 325 under Kyle Flood. They should probably have been Kyle Flood back. <laughs> I thought they shouldn't have fired him. Um, all right, well, now, it's an interesting line because Iowa's offense didn't look good this past weekend. Their defense is good. 
Rutgers put up 48 points this past week. Uh, again against UMass, though. I still think Iowa wins this game like 27 to 3. 27 7, maybe. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll take Iowa with you guys. They're going to win by 19, aren't they? They're going to win like 17 nothing. Like, that's where I hate this because, like, I just don't know how much I trust Iowa. Their offense is never really all that good, even though they have. Two offensive tackles that are likely going to be first-round picks. Um, Nate Stanley, who's been there seven decades and at one point was talked about as a first-round NFL draft prospect. Um, But their offense still isn't all that good. Now, it should be improved going into Week 2 against Rutgers. But... Who knows? I don't know. I don't like it, but I'm going to take Iowa because I can't trust Rutgers, especially going on the road. Um, plus, it's a Big Ten noon game, so like it's like it's destined Spooky. to be it's destined to be like ten nothing at the end. Like that's just what you, it is. Uh, no, it's on Fox, so Beth Mullins won't be calling the game. But that's a Beth Mullins game for sure. It is. They should get Gus Johnson on the call for this. Make a ten nothing game a little more exciting. Um, let's not spoil Gus Johnson. And, and so, yeah, that, that. that's <laughs> – that, we'll all take Iowa on that. Next up, 12 o'clock on ESPN, we have Syracuse, who's a one-and-a-half point favorite over Maryland uh, at Maryland. Maryland coming off a 79 nothing victory over Howard. Syracuse coming off a 24 nothing victory – 21 or 24 nothing victory over um, the Liberty Flames. <sighs> They played Howard, so I I just don't trust Maryland enough quite yet that I'm going to take Syracuse minus one and a half. I like Syracuse's defense. I think they win by at least a field goal. Um, so I'm going to take Hughes in this one. Uh, what about you, Jake? I'm with you there um, just because they put up 79 points on Howard. Um, they beat an FCS team. We don't know how good Howard is. Howard could be a bottom-tier FCS team, so they could be a mid-tier yeah, Big Ten team. I don't think Howard is all that good. I think they this the Buffalo Bills logo. I th- Yeah. I think this line is strictly because Maryland won 79 nothing over a bad team, while Syracuse only won 24 nothing over a bad team. I think that's why that line is like this, plus Maryland being at home. But, yeah, I still like Syracuse as at least a three-point favorite. There is the factor of could they be looking ahead to Clemson the week after? Maybe. Um, But I'm still going to run with I Maryland's a team you can look ahead of, though. That's the one thing. It's not like they're playing. I mean, you can look ahead of any team if you're playing Clemson the week after. I mean, that's – I mean, Maryland – didn't Maryland miss a bowl game last year? Am I correct on that, or did they actually squeak into one? They might have squeaked into one at six and six, or close. Because they were they were either five and seven or six and six last year. I don't remember. They were close, but like, I don't think after their performance in week one against Howard, you can look ahead of them. But at the same time, I could see you know if you have Clemson the next week and it's a huge game, it's at home. Uh, there's a potential that you, some of the guys on the team might be looking ahead to that game, not paying that much attention to Maryland. And that's dangerous. I, uh, I just kind of think that's the way it is. They went 5-7 and seven with a win over Texas, so never forget that. Yeah, never forget. At least Texas didn't lose the Louisiana Tech. Um, but Texas was back, though. They are. They beat oh. Georgia. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> Gibble, what do you got for this game? 
Oh, yeah. I picked Clemson or Syracuse minus one and a half too. Um, I don't know if I stated that. I think you did. Yeah, I'm gonna end up with the same thing. I mean, we're just staying consistent. Um, <laughs> keep my lead. Keep my lead. Um, yeah, I think I think Syracuse is more talented overall. I think the uh, the Maryland still not there. They beat Howard. Cool. Uh, Syracuse, I think is. I mean, at least Liberty had something to play for. Their coach was chilling in the press box. So they had some motivation to fight. Um, what are you talking about? He was laying down. That's that's chilling. That's like the definition of chilling. Uh, so I think I think Syracuse is going to go into Maryland and win there. They don't have a very intimidating environment down in Maryland. We've been there. Yeah, everybody left by half. Time. They did. <laughs> it was also like forty-two nothing. So yeah, well, that'd be why. Um. All right, next on the docket, we have a 12 o'clock on Fox, and I'll just pencil you guys down for the favorites here. We have Army traveling to Ann Arbor, the big house, to play Michigan. Michigan is a 23-point favorite in this game. What do you got, Jake? What do you got, Ohio State fans, I should say? Well, I got Army covering, and my main reason for this is because Army always holds the ball so long. I'm not sure if Michigan's going to have enough possessions to really you know, beat the spread there. Because they're not going to normally get as many possessions as they would against another team that's going to move the ball pretty quick. Because Army is pretty good. I know they only won 14-7 last week. But they always make these games trickier than they should and limit the amount of times the opponents get the ball. Um, they rarely make too many mistakes. You know, They don't fumble the ball and they don't throw interceptions because they don't throw the ball. Uh, so I got Army covering, but I think it's going to be still like a 17-point game. I just think 23 is too many points. What about you, Gibble? Well, I'm going to agree again. Um, <laughs> Keep my lead. <laughs> um, no, I really think Army is good enough that they can cover against Michigan. Even though it's at Michigan, uh, I still think that they are good enough to cover. And I agree the possession is going to be big. Um, they kept it pretty close against Ohio State two years ago when we were there. Um, I think that, uh, well, not like super close. It was still like a 38-7 game or something like that. But I think they kept it close, thirty-eight-seven. Yeah, they were in the ballpark. They're only <laughs> six triple-option touchdowns away from winning. Exactly, that's closer than seven triple-option touchdowns. Uh, I think that this Michigan team is poop from a bias standpoint. Um, so I'm going to take Army Shocking. to cover. <laughs> Shocking. Um, I hate that. I hate this. I'm taking Army as well. I think this line. Keep my lead. I think this line is too high. A, because I don't think Michigan beat Middle Tennessee State by twenty-three points. Let alone do I think they're going to beat Army by twenty-three. I think this line is a little biased towards the fact that Michigan's at home. Army is coming off of a bad win against Rice, one of the worst teams in in uh, FBS last year. Um. So when I look at that standpoint. I think that Army at least, like you guys said, I think they keep it close. And in these big, bigger games, they hold the ball even longer because I think they eat up most of the clock before hiking at half the time anyway. Um, so I'm not sure Michigan State or Michigan's going to be able to get out to that big of a lead. I think Army probably scores like two touchdowns at least against them. Um, I think Michigan ends up winning this game probably like 30-17 to 17 maybe maybe 30 to 14 something in that range um so yeah i guess i'll take army as well um now we'll move on to the team down south we have cincinnati 
traveling to face Ohio State, or Cincinnati calls Ohio State apparently the team up north um, in what is apparently now a budding rivalry. Ohio State is a 16.5 point favorite at home. This game is at 12 o'clock on ABC. Uh, I'm just going to pass it right on over to you, Ohio State fans. Tell me what you think. As much as I hate it, I got Cincinnati covering this game. I Ooh. think it's, I think it's a two-touchdown game. I, I honestly think it's a 14-point game. I think it's a lot closer. Cincinnati's got a really good defense. Ohio State's offense struggled, which concerns me. My main concern for Cincinnati is UCLA doesn't have that good of a defense, and they struggled to really put points on the board. Like, they still only scored, what, 24 points? Yeah. I, Ohio State has a better defense than UCLA, so I'm not positive Cincinnati's going to be able to score enough points to outscore Ohio's Ohio State's offense. Um, I kind of have this game as like a 31-17 game, um, which would you know, essentially allow Cincinnati to cover. What about you, Gibble? I am going to go with Ohio State to cover. Um, I really liked what I saw out of Ohio State's defense last week. Um, they only gave up points in the fourth quarter, um, which was pretty much garbage time at that point. Um I like them enough to hold Cincinnati to very few points. I mean, Cincinnati put up four, or 24 against a bad UCLA team. Um, I think it, they'd be lucky to get to that point against Ohio State's defense. Um, and I think Ohio State's offense, by the end of that game, is going to get it together enough where they're going to be able to make it a three-score game. Um, and I think they should win. I sure hope you're right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look, I... Love me a revenge game. But not this week. Um, I don't love Cincinnati's offense. I think they're going to struggle to put up points. I think Chase Young gets two sacks in this game. Um, and I th- I'm taking Ohio State to cover. This feels like a 31-10 kind of game to me. Um, I-, I think they are at least 17 points better than Cincinnati, especially at home in Columbus. If this was like a neutral site or uh, like Cincinnati or something, maybe I'd lean that way. But I don't. I just don't like it. I, I don't like it at all. I think Cincinnati's defense is good, um, but not good enough to hold Ohio State's offense to like under thirty. I don't think. Um, I, I don't think they're quite there. Could be wrong. We'll see. But I'm going to take Ohio State here um, and consider this where you uh, end up in a tie with us. All right. Well, I mean, I'd be okay with it. Ohio State hasn't lost to a team in Ohio since uh, 1921. So well, all the other teams in Ohio stink. <laughs> they always managed to avoid the good MAC team. So they, you know, they avoided Bowling Green when Urban Meyer was there. Uh, you know, they avoided Toledo in their good years. They avoided Miami, like when Ben Roethlisberger and whatnot were there. They avoided all the good MAC teams on their good years. <laughs> Well, yeah, uh, well, uh, 3.30, we have the biggest, well, second biggest game of the week probably. I don't know. It depends on who, how you want to look at it. We have Texas A&M traveling on the road to Clemson. Clemson is an 18-point favorite here this game again, 3.30 on ABC. This is a huge line for a team that's, what, like number one versus number 12 or something like that? I don't know where yeah. Texas A&M ended up. That's a big line. I don't know. After last week, I don't know how much I'm buying into that. Uh, so I'm going to pass it over. Uh, Gibble, you, you give me yours first. Ooh. Um, 
Dang, this one, this one's tricky. A and M on the road. Clemson fans are obviously going to get up for this game. It's going to get real hype, and I don't know if Texas A and M can overcome that. Um, they're really just playing an NFL team right now. But 18 points is a lot against a solid A&M team. I, I don't even know. I think I'm just going to take A&M to cover. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. That is, I, I mean, that, that's my issue, too. Is just, that is a lot of points. I don't think they'll win by three touchdowns. That's the thing. Like, they might get the, like the two touchdowns and a field goal over them. But three touchdowns, uh, that just feels like a lot against a competent A&M team. You realize we're all going to pick uh, A&M to cover, and then Clemson's going to come out and win something ridiculous like 45-10. to 10. More than likely, yes. Maybe. Um, what about you, Jake? Who do you got in this game? Yeah, I'm along the same lines. 18 is just so many points against a team that has that much talent. But I, like intern Gibble said, the... Clemson Tigers are you know, practically you know, a mini NFL team with the guys they have on there. Um, you know, I wasn't impressed with Lawrence in that first game, but you know, he's still Trevor Lawrence. Um, you know, he still is extremely talented. He's got an absurd amount of talent around him. Travis Etienne is a grown man, and I can't believe I'm so happy he's on my fantasy team. Um, and I really hope he goes off this week. But... I'm not sure that they'll be able to cover 18 points. 18 is just too many, so I'm going to take a and to cover. All right. Uh, well, the way I look at this, uh, Texas A&M lineman guaranteed victory. Um, last time I saw Trevor Lawrence play an SEC team, he beat them by way more than 18 points, and that was a national title game. Big spotlight game. This will be a big spotlight game as well against another very good SEC program. I said it before, I'm not the biggest fan of Kellen Mond, um, to be completely honest with you. I'm rolling with Clemson. I think when the pressure's on, I think Trevor Lawrence is going to step up. I think he's going to be really good. And I think Clemson wins this game by four touchdowns. That's where I'm going That's with it. That's I just think, I think A&M players going out and saying they're guaranteeing victory. It's midday. In Death Valley at Clemson, I just I, I think Clemson's got at least three touchdowns on them, um, and, and we'll see. But that's where I got. Last year, Clemson beat Texas A&M on the road at Texas A&M with Kelly Bryant at quarterback. Granted, it was a close game. Still, I don't know. I'm just feeling Clemson in this. They covered last week. I'm just going to keep picking Clemson, I guess, until they don't cover. That's the way we're going to ride this because great teams cover. So, Clemson, I'll take a minus 18. I hate that line, but I just think they're a lot better than Texas A&M right now. And I think Trevor Lawrence is going to step up. I think you're looking at three or four touchdowns through the air. Uh, No more than one interception. Uh, and I think ETN has a pretty good game. I think he goes for at least 75 yards on the ground, uh, maybe a touchdown in itself. 75? He's going to have 150. Oh, well, if he had 150, you'd probably be taking Clemson now, wouldn't you? Um, yeah, fair. <laughs> <laughs> so let's move on. 3.30, another game. Uh, this one's on Fox, Nebraska. Uh, an old school rivalry traveling to Colorado. 
Nebraska is a five-point favorite. Uh, Colorado beat up on Colorado State last week uh, in another rivalry game. While Nebraska beat South Alabama, struggled with them a little bit, especially in that first half. Um, what do you guys? What do you have for this one, Jake? So I wasn't overly impressed last week with Nebraska, nor like anybody was. Um, and obviously the expectation was Scott Frost in year two, you know, more talent, Adrian Martinez year two. Um, I wasn't overly impressed. Um, I didn't get to watch Colorado's game, so I've only, you know, seen, you know, a couple highlights or the stats, but no, I really like the old time rivalry here and I kind of like Colorado to cover. Um, I think this is going to be a really, really close game. I think Vegas is spot on with this line and I think Colorado's going to give them fits. Um, Going to Boulder is sometimes can be very tricky. Um, you know, there's a lot of times where when you have to go to these you know random states per se, and you have to play like a rivalry game. Um, the unexpected can happen, and I'm going to look for Colorado to make it close. And I wouldn't be shocked if they pulled out a victory. All right, Gabe, what do you got for this one? Um, again, this is this is a tough line because of Nebraska on the road. Um, I I think I'm going to roll with Nebraska. Um, I think they're going to make a lot of improvements after that week one struggle against South Alabama. Um, I think they'll I think they'll pull out the win. I think they'll win by a touchdown, um, but I think it's going to be close through the majority of the game. That's fair. Um, I still don't love Colorado, but Nebraska didn't look great last week. I think Colorado's got the best player on the field in Lavisca Chenault. Um and I think he's going to make some plays here for them. I'm going to roll with Colorado. I don't know if they win, but I'll take the points on this one. Uh, I think they could at least, like, I think it may be, you know, like a 30-27 to 27 game, something in that realm. Um, so I'll take Colorado to cover there. Uh, just a more impressive week one uh, against relatively equal competition. Uh, and the game being at Colorado, I think, helps a lot on their end. <laughs> Uh, let's move on here. Next on the docket, 7.30 on the Big Ten Network, we have West, Western Michigan traveling to Michigan State. Michigan State is a 16.5-point favorite. I'm going to get it out of the way. I'll take Michigan State because their defense looked tenacious last week. Um, they, I mean, they, I think Tulsa, I think somebody said that Tulsa said, um, running back said that they were going to run for like 150 yards on Michigan State and I think they ran for like negative 70 or something like that <laughs> um, with all the sacks yeah, it was like the It was one of like the craziest lowest stats I've ever seen. Yeah, I mean they got after Michigan State's defense is going to be a real problem for everybody this year. Um, their offense, not great but I think they it's, it's a lot of points but I think they smother Western Michigan's offense. I think they only really need to score maybe 24, uh, 27 points tops. Um, and they end up beating. I'll take them the cover over Western Michigan. Yeah, I'm going to take uh, Michigan State to cover in this one too. Uh, mainly for the full reason. I don't think Western Michigan's going to get 10 points. And I think Michigan State will somehow get to 30. All right, Gabe, what about mm. you? Yeah, I think I'm going to roll with Michigan State, too, because um, Western Michigan's just not very good. Although, Brian... They beat Monmouth last yeah, week. Brian Lewerke is real Still bad. bad. Still bad. That's the only reason that I'm questioning my pick, but it's it's Western Michigan. I, I think I'm just going to stick with Michigan State. Tulsa is better than Western Michigan. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think maybe we'll just we'll give uh, at least like two scores to uh, Michigan State's defense, and that's how they'll cover. That's actually possible. Yeah, that's yeah, that's very fair. Um, yeah, I'll roll Michigan State again on that one. Um, next up, we have uh, the other big game of the week: LSU traveling to Texas. LSU five point favorites in this, which caught me a bit off guard. It being that high. This game is 7.30 on ABC. Uh, last time we saw Texas play an SEC team, they beat Georgia in the Sugar Bowl. Um, LSU coming into this game off of a hot start against Georgia Southern. Both teams playing a uh, group of five schools coming away with relatively big wins. Um, I'm going to get it out of the way. I'm going to take Texas. Uh, I like them being the underdog in this situation. I don't know if they win, but... I'm not fully sold on LSU's offense until I see him play a good defense like Texas is. And Texas beating... Isn't Texas returning, like, two starters? I, their defense was still good. I mean, they have one of the best safety tandems um, I know in college football. Uh, yeah, I'm going to roll with Texas in this. Last time I saw them play an SEC team again, they beat Georgia. Uh, this is their this is their moment. This is the Texas is is Texas back or is Texas not back? I mean, they you could have ended that at the end of last season with them beating Georgia. I'm gonna roll with them plus five. Um, I just think that's a little bit high, especially being the home team here um, uh, against an LSU team that's been tricky on offense. We just never really know um, how they're gonna be. This is the this is the Sam Ellinger big boy pants game um go prove it on the field i'll take texas uh i'm gonna take lsu to cover and obviously win the game um texas sneakily gave up 400 yards to louisiana tech last week so i know louisiana tech only scored 14 points but still gave up 400 yards um not good so i'm gonna take lsu because i am in love with their defense and joe burrow yeah i'm I'm also going to roll with LSU. Um, Stop picking the same picks as me. Yeah, I mean, I'm sorry. I I was thinking Texas. I was like, they're you at guys home. Have two different ones. Yeah, we got so like Texas at home. That's going to be a tough environment for LSU to go into. But again, that L, or that Texas defense losing nine starters from last year. Like, yeah, their their safeties are good, but LSU I think is just a better overall team. Um, I think LSU goes in there, and I think they're going to win by more than five. All right, that's fair. Uh, let's move on. Ten thirty on Fox Sports One. We have California traveling to Washington. Uh, Washington is a fourteen-point favorite. Just putting it out there now. I'm taking Washington in this game. I think they're at least three. California has a good defense, not a strong offense. Um, and I like the showing from Jacob Eason in that Washington offense uh, with Ahmed in the backfield as well. He was very impressive last week. Um, I'll take Washington here. I think 14 is a bit low on this. I would probably go Washington all the way up to 17. Um, so I'm going to ride with the Huskies. If this was at California, um, I'd probably feel a little different, but I'm in agreement with there. You know, it's at Washington, minus 14. Jacob Eason looked really good last week. I'm going to roll with the Huskies. Uh, again, I'm just going to pick the same. Like, this is, this isn't great this week. Uh, I'm picking Washington also just because they're at home. I think they're going to score a lot. Um, and Jacob Eason did look really good. So, 
yeah, again, Washington to cover. All right. And the last one we have this week, Stanford at USC. This is 10:30 on ESPN. USC is a three and a half point favorite. Both teams may be without starting quarterbacks this week. Um, I'll get it out of the way. I'm taking Stanford on this. I don't have a ton of reasoning. I guess I'm taking this because at least KJ Costello is questionable, although I'm not entirely sure if he's going to play after that rough hit. Um, either way, I think Stanford's the better team overall. So, And I think they have a better head coach. So I'll take Stanford, especially as three-and-a-half-point underdogs in this game. Um, and so that Gibble can get it out of the way first this time, I'll let him go next. Yep. I think Stanford is also going to win, and I think it'll be by a field goal. That's I'm, I'm, pick, I'm being precise. I think they're going to win by a field goal on the road at USC um, if Costello doesn't start still. I'm still going to pick Stanford. Um, if he does start, then well, good, I... Because you don't get to retroactively make well, decisions. Yeah, no, I, six, three no I'm, I'm, I'm specifying the line if he doesn't start. I think they're winning by a field goal if he doesn't start. If he does... I think they win by more than three. I think, I think they uh, probably win by a solid touchdown. Okay, thanks for that. Um, You're welcome. <laughs> thanks for your in-depth analysis. That none of us asked for. Oh God, uh, he gave more in-depth analysis about the Jonas Brothers concert he was at this weekend than he did that game. Um, I still can't believe you skipped football to go to the Jonas Brothers concert by yourself. Yeah, I mean, to sit in the third row and fangirl with you know. 12-year-olds. I've been disappointed in intern Gibble for many things over the course <laughs> of our friendship, but like, this is near the top. I mean, just pretty much there. Um, hot take. How, wait, question. How much did you pay for your ticket? Like 70 bucks. What the oh fuck, man? Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Are you kidding me? No. Oh god, we might need to find a new intern. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping you'd say like thirty dollars, like maybe forty. No, listen, fees, the fees, the fees really jack it up. <laughs> it doesn't oh matter. You still spent the seventy bucks on it. True. Seventy dollars to go see the Jonas Brothers by yourself. Oh God. Ah oh, God. That is, I just I don't know what to do good. with you, man. Um, it's not good. I don't it's even really necessarily like people going to weddings during football season uh, on Saturdays or Sundays. Let alone a Jonas Brothers concert. I mean, listen. Whatever. Do I make good life decisions? Probably not. This is when you learn. Not. <laughs> not even probably. It's a conf- yeah, that's confirmed. Uh, Twitter confirmed that today. You did just not. Awful. Yeah. You're currently being shamed on Twitter. Great. As you should be. Um, <laughs> even as I mentioned on Twitter, hot take alert: concerts are overrated. Um, unless you really love the artist. No, I. I why would I want to sit around a giant group of people and that are, you know, weird or weird people? I, I don't like people, so like that—that's <laughs> half the reason. But like, I don't know. I just think concerts are somewhat overrated. Um, I've been to plenty of them. So like, I can't necessarily—I remember like bits and pieces of some of them. The only one I truly like, really fully remember most of it is the Kanye concert a few years back. Outside of that, everything else is kind of like hit or miss. Um, Jake, what did so, you got in Stanford, USC? So after our little um, diversion, or whatever you want to call it, getting off track, uh, I'm going to do the same thing I did with the Louisville game last week. It t- tend to work out, so I'm just going to go with Vegas, know something um, that I don't. So, sure, let's go with USC to cover, and the, to win, apparently. Okay. Vegas must know something. Well, we'll find out, I guess, uh, late Saturday night, 10.30 on ESPN. 
Maybe Gil will be at another concert. No. Yeah, what else? What's coming? What's coming this week? Yeah. Uh, what concerts this week? Are you gonna waste your money? No, there's there's nothing in Hershey. One Direction. Harry Don't Styles? fret. Oh, okay. <laughs> Pass on that. Bieber is he coming? <laughs> nope. Okay. Uh, no, the next concert that's in Hershey is uh, the Backstreet Boys, which was uh, rescheduled, but I am not going to that. Yet. Oh, you sure? <laughs> I'm positive. Until you can find a good seventy dollar sure? ticket. <laughs> Very positive. I'm not oh, going to that. God. Well, good. Did you plan to go to the Jonas Brothers and too, or did that just happen? It just kind of happened. So the, you know, same thing can happen. Yeah. No, I'm not going to the Backstreet Boys. I'll pass. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, that's our week one wrap up. Week two preview. Everybody, uh, we'll be back next week with our week two recap and week three preview. Um, have fun watch college football and don't go to Jonas Brothers concerts on Saturday nights when college football is on TV. Uh, that is a horrible life decision. You will regret it. I didn't. Absolutely. Yeah, you did. <laughs> you absolutely regret it. There's no whining. <laughs> you do. When I pl- when I go to your car and like carve Jonas Brothers lyrics into the side of it, then you'll regret it. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, true <laughs> it'll, it'll go with a nice ding in your door uh, <laughs> that i assume never got fixed oh uh, it's getting fixed in like three weeks <laughs> why are you scheduling this three weeks out because that's the soonest the chance they had to do it what do you think there's only one is there only one garage anywhere in the nope, seven, that, seven area it's just the one garage i went to oh yeah. yeah. God forbid you look around at other garages. There's ten thousand of them in central Pennsylvania. <laughs> <laughs> Makes went, too much sense. Why would I do that? Went to one. Yeah, it's gonna be about a month before we can get you a new door. Sorry. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Sounds like something you can turn. I mean, car, right. the car still moves. All right, everybody. We'll see you next week. <laughs>